welcome to The Dream, The Date, and The Broken Bra. I am your host, Stephanie Brownyard. I have an insatiable desire for adventure and knowledge, and with this, I have been on a quest to discover what the purpose of life is and what it all means. In this podcast, we will embark on a journey, the journey of life. With my guest, we will share in stories and celebrate all that life has to offer from the challenging times to the victories of one's dreams, love, and life experiences. Through authentic conversation and thought-provoking dialogue, it is my hope you will unravel and uncover the magic that makes your life so extraordinary. We all come from different walks of life with different beliefs, but we all have similar desires and needs. Our paths are all so different, but yet we are all so connected. Let's come together to hear each other and to learn from one another and see the beauty in every experience, no matter how difficult or challenging it may be. In the process, we can all heal a little, have some laughs, and perhaps shed a few tears with a whole lot of inspiration. Join me on this exploration to uncover your magic. Are you ready? Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode. I'm so grateful that you are here. I hope everybody is doing amazing. Today, my guest's name is Bunny Shapiro, and I was introduced to Bunny through a mutual friend that she was so adamant that Bunny and I met, and I'm so glad that we did because Bunny's life is so fascinating to me. And I know for me, the past few weeks have been really intense and kind of really hard, but I found our conversation to be so refreshing and giving me so much hope. This young woman has such a loving, carefree spirit, but she has such a no bullshit attitude on how she chooses to live her life. Bunny's life passion was art, and she followed her dreams of being in the fashion industry, and she pivoted when it didn't work for her anymore. To me, living in New York City and working in the fashion industry seems so fabulous and so glamorous. And Bunny worked her way up in the industry to becoming a big deal. And after years of the cutthroat ways, she realized her lifestyle became unhealthy and toxic. And it was through this she listened to her gut and redirected, which had her move to another country and wound up creating her own inspirations and expressing her creation through creating her own custom jewelry line and to now becoming known all over the world for her art. What I get and I love about our conversation is that there are so many ways that our dreams can play out and they may not always look to how we think it should look, but trust ourselves and to let go for the miracles to occur. This seems simple, but it's not easy. There are so many gems and such life wisdom from our conversation, and it is my hope that you dive deep and explore this conversation. As always, I can't wait to hear from you. If you would like to be a guest or you know somebody who has a story that touches you, please feel free to reach out to me and introduce us at stephaniebrownyard at gmail.com. I met Bunny through my sweet friend Megan, and she was so passionate and driven that Bunny and I meet. And I'm so grateful because this conversation has really touched me and has given me hope. Please pass along this episode to share in Bunny's story and living a life by your design. I really hope you enjoy today's episode and have a great day. 
Hi, Bunny. It's so lovely to meet you face to face finally. I know people are hearing our conversation. I got introduced to you from my sweet, our sweet dear friend, Megan. And she was actually just coming out to visit you in Puerto Vallarta for her 40th birthday. So I think like the week before she was going out, she's like, you have to meet my most amazing friend, Bunny. And I think you guys would hit it off. So I'm, and I know we, had our time scheduled for back in, was it December or January? No, January, I think a few weeks ago. And then um, just some stuff came up. So I'm so glad that we can finally connect. And I do, she was right when I she shared your story with me and I got to read about you. I just, I'm in awe because for me, I've always wanted to go live international and I just never really made it happen. So just to hear someone that actually like, lived in the States, picked up and moved to another country, I just think is really courageous and bold. So I just would love to dive deep and share your story. So did you grow up in New York? I grew up in Windsor, Ontario. So I'm Canadian. wow. Wow, that's awesome. And then how did you make your way into the States? I did my undergraduate degree in Canada in um, art history and fine art. And then after I finished that degree, I, I decided I wanted to go to fashion school in in New York City. Awesome. What had you get into fashion? Or were you always into fashion or? So I was studying, yeah, I was studying art history. And we did a whole, there was a whole, like, thing that we learned about, that was like, window display as art. Okay. So we started talking about um, like Andy Warhol would do window display with like Salvador Dali. And so this was all woven into the the art history lesson. And I was like, and I grew up watching, it was called fashion television. Uh-huh. It, was, it was this <laughs> channel that was on, it was this channel that was on TV called fashion TV, fashion, fashion television. And the host, she would go to all the runway shows and she was from Toronto and she would go to all the runway shows. And I used to sit and watch these runway shows. And I was so fascinated by the industry. And I, I was always an artist and I I just, I was so enamored with like the level of artistry Mm -hmm. in the fashion industry and these runway shows and like, the whole glamour component of it was very <laughs> seductive. And yeah. I, yeah, and so I grew up watching this. And I remember thinking, like, how do I become part of this world? Like, how do I get in here? And so then when we started learning about art as, you know, like art and window display and fashion, and also it was like a total retail rat growing up. Okay. Like I worked at the mall and I worked at Club Monaco and I worked at American Eagle and I was always like flipping through the visual merchandising books. Mm-hmm. Like the, the visual merchandising team would come from the corporate office and they would do the windows and they would do the mannequins. And this was, by the way, like in Windsor, Ontario, this tiny little city. And, but I wanted to work at, you know, like the Club Monaco was like the Prada of Windsor, Ontario. Okay. So, but anyways, I would what always, is, like, what is, is that a store? I've actually oh, never heard of it. Does it even exist anymore? Oh yeah. Okay. Club Monaco does exist, but okay. maybe not in California. Okay. 
Well, I'm actually from the East Coast originally, so but I'm I'm not privy to that. But like you, like I've always been enamored with like I don't know the fashion industry. It feels like this like secret club or this the fashion industry. And I remember, I think, what is that show that Tyra Banks does? I remember, um, was it the Fashion Runway show? Those models. What, what yeah, yeah, the model, the model the next show. Top, top yes, model yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I, was, I had moved out to California. I was probably in my 20s. And I loved it because they would show, I, I think it was like on a weekend and I just binge watched like the series. And I just love the makeup and all the things that they do and the, all the cool things that they could wear. And it was just like such an expression. And so I remember going to my mom and being like, mom, do you think I could be a runway model? And she'd be like, she was like, well, that's interesting. Cause I just really wanted my face. Like I'm, I don't really do makeup. I very like athletic, but I just, I love the thought of being that, (laughs) but I'm not like Megan. She loves like her clothes to be an expression of her. Uh And she just loves being like, she always loves clothes. And I'm like, oh, I'll just wear sweatpants and <laughs> my workout clothes. That's me. But I love the idea of it. So when I watched that show, I was like, oh, the makeup that they could do. Is... And my mom's like, well, if you really want to. But I'm also like five two, So it's probably not in <laughs> in my cards. But I just, yeah, I've always been enamored by that. So you were going to school for art history. Mm-hmm. And then you... Was so, and when you watched that show, was that before like all that, or was it like the same time, or like yeah, it just progressed? like before and during? Yeah, I would say, yeah. And, and then you ended up moving into New York City, the mecca of fashion. I begged my parents that, like, could I please go? Could I please go? And there were many temper tantrums and crying fits because they were like, first of all, it's so expensive, and second of all, it's New York, New York City, City. Like, you're just going to move there by yourself. And I, I was just like, yeah, I'm going. From a small, and you were from a small town in Canada? Well, just, it's a decent sized city. Okay. Okay. Nothing like New York. New York nothing City. like New York. That's amazing. Yeah. So how old were you at that time? I was 23 when I moved there. Wow. So was it four years at this college and then, then go to FIT? It's a, I did four year university degree and then I went and did a two okay. year what do they call it? Like a, I don't even know what they call it, but okay. it was, it was like a two year program. Okay. And what was that for? Like, so what did you go to FIT for? That was for visual merchandising and window okay. display. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. kind of what got you when you were in your undergrad, you were like mm-hmm. into that. That's awesome. That's very cool. Cause I actually, now I work in like the home industry and that's actually my favorite part is we get to create all the displays. I work in the bath and hardware section. So we create all like the beautiful vignettes and stuff like that with product. But that's display is like my my favorite part of my job, too. So that's fun. It's like the creative part, you know? Yeah. You said you were creative your whole life. What are some things that were your inspiration in like being creative? Hmm, I always grew up coloring. Oh, I love that. I just remember my mom always had crayons, always crayons and, and white paper. Okay. Just like white, fresh, blank paper uh-huh. and crayons uh-huh. for marker. We always had a major, a stocked craft cupboard at all times with scissors and glue and sparkles and all the things to make stuff. I love that. 
I yeah. love that. So was so do you like drawing too or just coloring and drawing? I yeah, I grew up drawing and coloring and painting and lots of like cutting out and collaging mm-hmm. and then I paint now. Mm-hmm. Now I I also paint. Mm-hmm. And then I have my jewelry is yeah, your full-on inspiration. Well, I like I definitely want to move into that. So just going back to New York, you went to school for displays and then you did the two-year schooling there. And then how was it like living in New York City at that time and going to school? How was that experience for you? It was like one of the greatest experiences um, of my life. It was just like in the movies. Like, yeah. I had this apartment on 23rd Street. It was in this old building that the elevator opened right up into the apartment. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> and my view was like of the Empire State Building. And I remember my boyfriend oh, wow. at the time, he he moved me there. And we looked out the window and he was like, is that the Empire State <laughs> <laughs> Is this for real? <laughs> And so you're 23 at this time. Yeah. And then you're, so you're living in New York City by yourself. Did you have a roommate or anything? Yeah, there was the, the apartment had three other bedrooms. So there was a, yeah. So there were three roommates. Okay, cool. And did they all go to FIT too? Cause I know like, is it school housing that you get that? It wasn't. No, it was just an independent apartment. Okay. So one of the guys went to FIT and the, the other two didn't. But one of the girls became one of my, a very good friend. Okay. Awesome. I love that. So you're living there for two years and then you go through your program and you graduate through this program. Yeah. And then you go into the fashion industry after that. Yes. I had secured a job at Bloomingdale's. Okay. Which was just like, (laughs) I mean, the whole thing is is just so crazy to think back on it. Like, I have no idea what I was doing, but I, I was very determined to stay there. Like I was very determined and so, to stay in New York. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. do whatever you have to do to make it work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And as a Canadian, you have to have a work visa. Right. So I needed to find a job that would sponsor me. Yeah. So I got, I was offered a job in the visual department at Bloomingdale's in menswear. I think that's so fascinating. When you came to school, you had the visa for school visa, correct? Right. And then you have to then go through the process of getting a work visa. And I'm sure that's not really that easy to do. It's not. It wasn't. It was easier. I'm sure it was easier then than it is now. But like I said, I was just determined. I was like, this is happening. (laughs) I love that. And so what was that? Like, I love that mindset, too, because it wasn't really like you were going to just make it happen, right? And then it kind of just happened that way. Yeah, I guess I set the intention Mm -hmm. and was very determined and it flowed and worked out. Right. You know, the doors just kept opening. So you stayed at Bloomingdale's and then you were, I'm sorry, what were you doing there too? You were- I was doing window display and visual merchandising for menswear. I love that. It was like everything that you wanted, you made happen. I love that. Yeah. And did you yeah. did you love it? Or was it yeah, what you I thought it? it? I loved did, it. I loved was it, it what you thought it was going to be? You know what? Looking back now, I didn't understand enough of the business component 
I was decently good at mm-hmm. what I was doing. But again, like I was just starting. It was my first job in the industry. And mm-hmm. I learned, I learned so, so much. And it was, you know what? It was an incredible learning experience working in a department store because you got to work with, I got to work with hundreds of brands. Right. And it was fascinating to see how, I mean, it, it was like, a master's course in retail and business and merchandising and, and, and like being on walkthroughs with like the CEO and the vice presidents of these gigantic companies and listening to their feedback and literally learning fashion business from the best people in the industry saying like, no, you need to move that here because of this. And this isn't selling. So why don't we move it over here? And I was like, jaw dropped for most of it. I I was, I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, what, like 26 by this or 25, 26 at this point. So 23, 24. So I started when I was 25 and I worked there for four years. Oh, wow. Okay. Four or five years. Yeah. That's awesome. So you kind of too, like, I always feel like in school, you don't really get the the tools that you need. And again, I don't know, like you don't really get that hands-on tools that you get with that. So that's really amazing. Like having that, do you think that was like what set the stage for you to go and do like what you're doing now? And I know we haven't really even talked about that, but like, I'll just introduce it. But I want to go back to that is Bunny has her own jewelry line and you create this amazing jewelry. Are they specific beads or are they just, it's like beaded jewelry? Yeah, they're, I would say glass. Oh, cool. Glass beads. So, and you've like literally have created a whole brand and whole like entity around your jewelry now. And you're like your own line now, right? So it's with that going back, do you think that really set the stage for you to be able to create what you're doing now? Yeah, I got to work with so many different kinds of product and I was in menswear for most of it, but I was just like, so, and it's, I was surrounded by luxury and yeah, they showed me how to present it. And I, I went on to work for a company called Calypso, mm-hmm. which is now no longer around, or maybe they're having a comeback. I'm not sure, but I went on to work for this company called Calypso St. Bart's. And I was working there for four years doing the same thing. I became like a senior visual person right. at that company. And really there is where I got to understand all of the they call it a vertical company so like every branch of the company is in one building and I was exposed to a lot of jewelry let's just say that I was exposed to a lot of really beautiful jewelry and how to display it and I was always I was obsessed with how was it made and I don't know like little seeds where I guess we're getting we're getting planted that whole time I love that. So in Calypso is it was like a high-end resort wear clothing and jewelry company Okay. Clothing and jewelry. Actually, they had a home store as well that was very famous. Okay, Uh cool. So it was like house, like stuff for the interior of your house. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then so now by this point, now you're like almost a native of of New York City because you're like there 10 years now by this time, right? So you're making it totally happen. And then how much longer to where you lived in New York to where you you went, you moved to Puerto Vallarta and that's kind of where I'm like, what happened? You know, like, what was it that happened that, or how Mm -hmm. much longer were you in New York city? I was offered a job as the 
director of visual merchandising global for oh wow theory okay menswear okay you know that company i don't i looked it up i didn't i wasn't familiar with that line but that's amazing so that was on an international scale Mm -hmm. yeah i was there for about eight months and it was like the pinnacle job like it Mm -hmm. was a director position Mm -hmm. and it was like the highest level of corporate world that i had that i had dreamed of and it wasn't a great fit with their style and my style and i decided that i was grown up enough to have a dog a dog a dog yeah. <laughs> he's sleeping over there but Aww. i really wanted i also had this dream of having a pomeranian <laughs> okay is that Side a fashion story. thing like the little pomeranian I dog I, just, I don't know but like i remember seeing a pomeranian this girl was walking a pomeranian uh-huh. in in Soho and I was like oh my gosh that's the cutest dog ever <laughs> and I wanted one and I started researching them and I found one and I don't know I just thought I'm a grown-up I can have a dog and so I went and I got him and his name is Jonathan Jonathan <laughs> Shapira <laughs> and I love that I brought him home and I was like oh my gosh this is the greatest thing that and has was ever a, happened to me a puppy he was a yes. puppy. Yeah. Yeah, like this little cloud <laughs> with eyes. Um, yeah, I know. They're so cute. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. And but I had no time to spend with him. So okay. Yeah, because you're were, are to, you working around yes. the clock? Right. Yeah, yeah. So I was working full time in yeah. New York doing this job. I had this dog and I thought, well, it'll be fine. I can just bring him to doggy daycare and I would drop him off at the doggy daycare early and then I would go to work and then I would come home and I'd pick him up from I just felt sad, oh like I didn't have any time to spend with the little dog. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what happened. I was just like, I, I think I want to live somewhere where I can have a, like a gaggle of pets and have a free schedule. Yeah. I had taken a trip with my friend to Tulum mm-hmm. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And there I, I don't know, I just had this kind of inspired thought that was like moved moved to Mexico. That's amazing. So little Jonathan sparked it all. But you yeah, so that's interesting. So you were kind of working at legacy. So I could see that I would want to spend time with him too. I'd be like, let's ditch the job. <laughs> like, do you think you were getting like burnt out? Or I mean obviously that hundred percent. You know? I remember I was walking home from work one day and it was cold and it was dark and another like inspirational thought Mm -hmm. i I just remember thinking like oh my god am i gonna do this until i'm 65 yeah and then go and enjoy my life this is a very bad system (laughs) do you think that was like a system that like you also got programmed to at a young age or when you moved to the states that that like you saw people doing like do you think that was something like you had learned to growing up or was it more something when you go and live in the city, it's like so fast paced and everyone's working where, and it's so expensive to live there and you're just trying to like keep up to live there. Do you think, and then it's just like kind of habit by that point. Yeah. I think that it's, I think globe, well, I've been to everywhere in the world, but I think that's what we're all programmed to do. I think 
I think most people are, you know, that's what you do. You go to school and you get a job and then you work until you're 65 and then you can retire and then you can have a good time. Right. And when I love that, so like, how old are you at this point that when you go to Tulum that you have this realization? I was 33. Okay. So that's phenomenal. So like you're 33 at this point, you're kind of like, you know, you're adult. I mean, I don't know. I was a shit show in my twenties. Like I was, you know what I mean? Just, I moved out to California. I just like everything. I remember the first year I moved 10 times in my first year of moving out to California and I had a job my car broke down, had to like move all in the same. It was just like everything. <laughs> but I look back and it was like the funnest time. And, you know, it's just, I don't know how it always works out, but it works out. So at this point you're at Tulum, you're in Mexico, and then you go back to New York and then yeah. you're like, I'm going to move to Mexico. Yeah. Well, when, when I got on the plane with my friend, I said, I'm moving to Mexico. And she was like, oh no, really? And I said, yeah. And I went, ba- I went straight back to New York and researched. I thought, well, what would be easy? I could teach English. Like mm-hmm. I could just go to Mexico and teach English and relax and be by the beach and see how that goes. So I researched ESL certification okay. and they had a school in Puerto Vallarta, not in Tulum. I thought I wanted to go to Tulum, but they didn't, there was no school there. So the school was in Puerto Vallarta. And then you just picked up and moved to Puerto Vallarta, like not knowing anything there. Yeah, it, <laughs> no, exactly. I don't even know. And I was telling someone the story and I was, I can't remember who I was telling and it. It was like, I should have been way scared, more scared, but it was one of the, just the same thing as New York. It was, it was just like a fearless, I just felt you just so know, right? connected to the idea and I booked two different Airbnbs for the first two months Mm -hmm. and I came like me and Jonathan and my suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. I didn't know anybody that lived here. I did not know one word of Spanish. Yeah. You didn't speak the language. I think that's so courageous. And I think, like I said, in my twenties, I just did everything. I was like, yeah, sure, sure. And just, I'd fall on my ass and get back up. Like you said, you just figure it out. But by 30, I feel like I kind of like had sense or like where you're you're more like planted to where it's like a little bit harder to pick up and move or like to go like you have your roots like in New York City right so I think that's really amazing that you heard it and you just you followed that and what do you think it was like what that calling was that was so great inside of you that like you didn't have to listen, but like, what was it mm-hmm. that was so like pulling you? And you thought you were going to go to Tulum and you deviated to go to Puerto Vallarta. Mm-hmm. You- well, yeah, I'm definitely like a spiritual person. And love that. I guess like one of the greatest gifts of, I don't know, my emotional awakening, if you will, mm-hmm. spiritual awakening, if you will, is getting like this internal GPS, Mm -hmm. this like by doing different things like meditation and prayer and connecting to some kind of higher vibration of the universe. I have developed this like unshakable knowing Mm -hmm. about, about certain things. And it's fun to talk about because it, 
I trust it so much in my business and I don't trust it in like other aspects of my life. Oh, it's fast. You know, I've, I've, I've seen that happen where that's interesting, but like, so when did you start honing in on that? Cause I love that. I can resonate so much with that. And when did you start honing in on your like spiritual, your spiritual practice and knowing that or feeling that? It was my early thirties in my early thirties. But I mean, I guess you've always had it because it sounds like too, you've really always followed your intuition of like, I have to go to New York and you wanted, it seems like you've always really that kind of stood out or that's what I'm hearing is like that always stood out and it like has worked out. Mm -hmm. And so you built like that trust of that knowing, right? I guess. So you had that inspiration and you just knew you had to follow it. Yes. I love that. So then you're in Puerto Vallarta at this time thinking you're going to go speak English. I have to like give this dog some water at the same time. Oh, yeah, you're good. I can do two, two, two things at No, once. you're good. <laughs> how, many, how many dogs do you have? I have two, two dogs and I have a bunny. I also have a bunny. Is that how? Why don't, why wouldn't you have a bunny if your name is bunny? I know. Cause I, well, I would love to talk about that too, because I know I had asked Megan, I was like, is bunny her like original name? Mm. And she said, no, you were Kelly Bryan, a Christian. And now mm. you're bunny Shapiro and Jew. Jewish. Like yeah. that to me. <laughs> I, I mean, that's like a whole nother story Whoa, in itself. That, yeah. This conversation <laughs> took a turn. If you not think the story I, was crazy enough. I'm like, I got the dirt on you. <laughs> so when did, when were, yeah, when did you turn to Bunny Shapiro? Well, you asked me, when did I, I think I legally changed my name eight years ago. No. Okay. Seven years ago. So you're living in Puerto Vallarta by that time, correct? No, I no. was still in New York. Okay. I was still in New... Yeah, I guess it was like eight. I have to look at the... What the was date, that like calling or was it an awakening or what was... Such a ridiculous... What, <laughs> um, it's um, just... It's so funny because it's, it's my life. But when people ask me about it, I think it's so funny. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, which there was like a huge Jewish community there. And the elementary school, the elementary school that I went to had tons of Jewish kids. And I, for whatever reason, I was so drawn to them. And I just thought they were so cool. And I loved, I loved their names. Like they just had these great last names like Goldberg and Silverstein and <laughs> I don't know for whatever reason that felt very <laughs> glamorous to me and I just liked the way they were and I just liked how they acted and I liked everything about it and then I started learning about their traditions and I got invited to bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and then and that was really fun and and I was always like so attracted to Jewish boys like I always wanted a Jewish boyfriend <laughs> and then there was like Jewish summer day camp like down the street from my house and all my friends were going to Jewish summer day camp and you couldn't go no and yeah. I said to my parents like can I go to the day camp and they're like yeah sure you can go to the day camp <laughs> and so there I was 
at the Jewish day camp, learning more about the traditions and being exposed to it more. And I just, I was so mad that I wasn't Jewish. Like I just, I have to agree with you. I love the Jewish traditions and I have a lot of Jewish friends now and I love, they have like their Shabbat dinner. I love like they have like traditions at weddings with like carrying people and chairs. I know there's a lot more that goes into it than I know, but um, yeah, I just think, I feel like they're actually like really deep people too, you know, cause they have such a, you know, long history and like that. I just, I agree with you. I, I, I feel the same way, <laughs> but mm. so did you ever like, did you full on convert over? I full on converted. Wow. I mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. So that happened. And then it was through that, that you changed your name. Yeah. So I, I was on J date. I was on J date as a non-Jew. Okay. That's a thing. You many can, years. You can many do that. Years. Okay. Yes, you can do that. And like I said, I was on the app and I was going out with all these Jewish men because I was, how do I get in? Like, I got to get in. <laughs> how do I get in? I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to have a, a Jewish last name and be a fancy Jewish lady. That's right. what I wanted. Right. I wanted to be a fancy New York Jew. <laughs> it was just this whole thing. And, and I was dating this one man and he had knew all of this. And he was like, you're, you're very weird. Like you're a very <laughs> strange person. But if you really want to be Jewish so badly, why don't you just convert? Wow. <laughs> Light bulb. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I don't need think you. That was an option. <laughs> I didn't think that was an option. Right. So I, I went down to the Union for Jewish Reform Studies in Midtown. And I said, sign me up. I want to become a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Are you still practicing currently? I'm not in like a traditional okay. sense now. Mm-hmm. But I love that because also, too, like you said, that you're a spiritual person. So I think like being raised Christian, I was raised Catholic and like just broadening your sense to kind of also know what it's like all spiritual types. I think that's mm-hmm. that's very that's very cool. So, OK, so now you're going back. So now you're Bunny Shapiro living in Puerto Vallarta going to teach English. Yes. How did that go? Well, it was a good way to arrive here and have some kind of purpose. And then did you need like a, like a visa to go there as well? It was just a trap, like a traveler's visa. Yeah, I was teaching just, I was just giving classes on, on the side kind of thing. I was teaching, my, my job was, I was a high school English teacher and I didn't know any Spanish and these kids didn't know any English. Wait, you're a high school Spanish teacher, English, English teacher. teacher, and you don't know how to speak Spanish and they don't, don't know, know how to speak, how to speak. English and, no. and you don't have like any like training of being a teacher um, or are you just, just following like their the two month, just like the right. two month ESL course <laughs> that I did. I love that. So that was kind of your introduction. Brilliant though. Like, so then you, you get to go, you're like, I'm going to go. You got two months of two different. Airbnbs, and then you just start creating, and then you start creating a life down there. I had an appointment with this intuitive. Okay, this is very paramount. Okay, and <laughs> her name was is Sarah Wiseman. Her name is Sarah Wiseman. Sarah Wiseman. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah okay. Wiseman. 
Okay. And a friend of mine said that he had had a session with her and it was like super helpful. And because I had moved on, I'm like living in Mexico, teaching English. And, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? And maybe I'll do, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so I had this appointment scheduled to talk to her and to ask her, like, what do you think? Basically, like, what are the, <laughs> what are the gods saying about this? You know? And so she, I said, I'm a teacher. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think this is, and she said, no, she said, you're not, that's not what you're going to continue doing. She said, you, <laughs> she said, you are starting a company. You're starting a company and it's your name and it's online and there's nothing like it already. And you're selling something and I have no idea what it is, but it's really going to be successful. And she said, not like Lady Gaga successful, but like very, it's going to be big. And I don't know what it is, but nobody's ever done it before. And that's what you're going to do. Wow. Were you like, holy crap, holy shit? <laughs> or were you like, yeah, right? I was so or? mad. I was so mad. I was oh. mad because I was, I was like, I left the fashion industry. What are you talking about? I don't know. Like, this can't be. This can't be. What you this thought it be. was, because she didn't tell you what it was going to be, but you just connected that it was fashion or you? I think, I can't remember the exact details of, of what she said. I think she said it's something fashion industry, but I don't okay. know what it is. Okay. Like she didn't have. I was so devastated. I left that life, you know? Like, Did I you have like that. a sour taste at that point for like fashion in the industry at that point? Was it like a sour yeah, I just had had I thought I had had enough. <laughs> right. I thought I had had enough. Right. And yeah. So I left. I left that and I thought no 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 I'm not doing But to be honest, I don't know if this is helpful to anybody. I don't know why it's coming out of my mouth now, but I was struggling with a really horrible eating disorder at that mm-hmm. time. And so I don't know, I think it is important to mention because I had been so affected by the fashion industry at that time was like not size inclusive. Yeah, It was very still an industry that was, and now thank goodness it's so much more size inclusive. So I had made myself this, like I had made myself this teeny tiny itty bitty, like stick figure of a human, right? Which is not my natural body size. Yeah. It was really, really a troubling time in those years. And I had, I had become like a size zero, like, which I'm like a normal, I'm like an average size 12 person. And I was a size, I had made myself a size zero. And so I could fit into all of the teeny clothes. And I was like, but I was very sick. Like I wasn't, I wasn't well. And so I knew somehow intuitively that I needed to leave that environment to get well, to really to be able to relax and eat normally and to not be so pressured to look a certain way and wear certain clothes. And so in that sense, yeah, there was a sour taste in in my mouth that was like, I can't, that destroyed a part of me. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for sharing that. Cause I, I didn't know that. So thanks Mm -hmm. for sharing that. Cause you, you hear about that, but also like, I think to probably getting caught up or I don't know what it's like, but yeah, like you're just, you, 
I mean, so easy to compare and want to be that and like to fit in. So, and so it was like a blessing, really, probably your trip. And then following that, you were just ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At that time that I took the trip, I had started kind of a healing process Mm -hmm. of eating intuitively. And I remember tasting ice cream for the first time after not having it for two years or something. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like, what what the hell? There's nothing not worth. There's nothing worth not having like ice cream if I want to or pizza if I want to and just bare feet. And I just felt I was free. Like I just felt free finally. Wow. So how long did that like, take for you to kind of was that on your trip to Tulum that you felt that freedom or was it more like when you like went away and started getting distance and different perspective like that freedom Mm -hmm. it was a really long it was a long recovery but that trip to Tulum was the first time I let it you know I just let myself eat food and I remember feeling really like, okay, I have to do this. And, and Mexico was a beautiful place to heal. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I moved here and I, you know, could wear long flowy dresses and yeah. just let my body like go to the size that I wanted to be without feeling like this immense pressure from the industry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause you hear about it, but I, you know, like you hear other people's stories, but then like connecting with you and hearing that one-on-one, it's like, oh, I feel like, you know, and having my own struggles with eating and food, I really get that. But I, I really, the freedom, I think, I feel like I've had experiences of that, but there's also like more that search of freedom. So I love that you found that. And I'm sure like your jewelry now is an expression of that. Yeah, I mean, I I finally just let myself be what I mm-hmm. <laughs> really like what the universe wanted me to be. I just opened fully open to like, all right, whatever you universe, gods, mm-hmm. fairies, guides, whatever I like pushed and forced and had my grip on how control and manage. That was yeah. like my MO control and manage. And I just, coming here I really just let it all just open and in doing that create yeah was able to create do you know how much brain power you can have if you're not worried about counting calories and what you're going to put in your mouth next and what exercise thing you need to do and like I had so much space in my head that it just flooded with like creativity I think that that's a genius thing right there. Like I know, cause thinking about what you're going to eat next and what like it's, it, it is. And I think that's really genius. Like what you say too, like the letting go. And I just, I think then, yeah, other things can kind of come in when you keep letting go because of the, the control we're trying to control and manage and then can keep letting go. And so you were teaching English and then you got connected with somebody with beads or? Yes. So after the session with the intuitive, mm-hmm. I I kind of thought, oh, well, she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though that she's a professional and this is what she does. Like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And I went into, they have this little plaza near where I was staying. And I like literally just stumbled into a bead store. 
all these beads, 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 everywhere yeah. beads. And I, I just remember looking down at all the little buckets of beads and was like, oh, these are so fun. Like, I'm going to make some bracelets for my friends. And I made a bunch of bracelets and they were super simple. Looking back, I don't even know. They yeah. were so, so simple. And I showed some pictures to my friends at home and they said, oh, those are so cute. I want to buy a bunch for my for Christmas gifts. Okay. I was like, oh. All right. Yeah, sure. Like I'll do that. And it just, Snowball. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And then it's like, cause I always hear too, like if you're following your passion, that's kind of when like everything, like not chasing like this thing over here of like, you know, living in New York and you're like not healthy, but you're now like healing yourself, feeding yourself, working on your spirituality. and then. Like who would have thunk it just, I love that though, too. Cause you, you say you just have this knowing it's mm. like connecting in, like, how do you connect, like how to share with people, how to connect in with that knowing as I guess what I'm trying to like, how, you know, to connect into that, to like translate, to help somebody else to connect in with that. Do you have any advice mm-hmm. to that? I think that the, well, the feeling is always like, right. I don't know. If I can see it. It's always like down here. In your like my gut, gut area, yeah, my gut area for some reason, I can feel it in. I can feel it in my body, and it requires for me. It requires a lot of being quiet and listening. If there's a lot of chatter in my mind, or if there's a lot of like, if there's anyone I'm angry about, anyone that I'm angry at, or if there's jealousy or fear or any of those things, those block the channel. All those things block the channel. So I need to write those things down and maybe share with a friend those things or maybe somebody I need to forgive somebody or maybe I need to yeah maybe I have bad feelings for somebody and so once those those things are clear I can often get a better it's like a tuning fork for some reason uh-huh kind of get a sense of like I'll have an inspiration like for example I've been thinking about London England for mm-hmm. a long time a long, long time. And I'm like following those little breadcrumbs. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Am I supposed to go there for work? Am I supposed to go there for fun? Am I supposed to go visit a friend? And so I also not just like acting impulsively, just like nurturing that little seed. And the barometer for me is like, does that feel fun, joyful, Mm -hmm. and expansive? Mm -hmm. Or does it feel like crowded? And does it feel like, what's the word restrictive or like uh, restricted, yeah. like restricted or depleting yeah. or does that feel mm-hmm. like a bad thing or does that feel like really fun and expansive and like, wow. And so <laughs> I guess that's my, yeah, that's I think that's scientific. That's, that's brilliant. Thanks for sharing that. So you, so like when you create your jewelry, cause I like you're wearing your beautiful jewelry. I see all the colors. It's very vibrant and very like you have gems or like little stones and stuff on there. And then it's all like colorful beads. You have bracelets. Mm-hmm. Is one piece never the same? So you're like doing these all yourself by hand. I used to, but now I have three girls that work for me. Okay that uh, work on production and they're all hand. So when you say three girls are hand making them, wow. Yes. 
are they like creating like something that you've already created to like duplicate or is it, it like you just have one of a kind for every piece that you do? Yeah, we have a basic sample, but because of the randomness mm-hmm. of the colors, mm-hmm. like some like these teeny, these teeny tiny beads. Yeah. These tiny, tiny ones are really challenging to make identical every time. So they definitely all of those vary. And but you know, a bigger piece like this one yep. is is easy to follow the exact colors. But most of them I would say are variations of the sample. So you went to this bead store, you started making them and then it just kind of snowballed. Everybody wanted them. And now you've create this jewelry that people come from other places to get your jewelry, right? Yeah. So I was, you know, thank goodness for Instagram. I had just started using Instagram kind of, well, I was in New York when I started using it, but really when I came to Mexico and I had put pictures of this beaded choker that I was making. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, (laughs) it was, I got an email from the editors at Cosmopolitan Magazine. Oh, wow. They were like, Oh, hi, we need to ask for some, some jewelry samples for a beauty editorial that we're doing. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) I'm making this jewelry in my bedroom. Like, yeah. who do they think I am? Right. So I sent, I sent the jewelry and they used it in the editorial. Like it was in, you know, it was in Cosmopolitan Magazine. Like I, wow, that's so it cool. Such, what? It was so cool. And then those editors called editors from 17 used some things and then they used it in another issue. And it was just the most exciting, one of the most exciting moments of my life. <laughs> yeah. So it's like kind of you stepped away from that life and then it's like kind of brought you back to there. But now you can live this healthier, more like in tune life that you have with yourself. And it's I love that, too, because it's kind of like your inner self always knew what you needed. Right. Mm. It's cool that like you always wanted that but you could have that and not be in that at the same Mm -hmm. time so I love that so now like to is it are you now collaborating with I think I remember we were talking and briefly when I first got introduced you're like collaborating with other like celebrities now on pieces Mm -hmm. yeah can can you talk about it or can you not talk about it? Or? Yeah, no, okay. no. Yeah, we just got, I just got to do a special collaboration with Pharrell's clothing brand called Billionaire Boys Club. Oh, wow. And so they're going to launch in March in Miami at their flagship store in Miami. So. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, amazing. That's cool. uh-huh. Like, so I'm assuming you have to produce a lot of pieces and there's only four of you doing it. Yeah, but these girls are so right. They're so amazing. Like they okay. really I have a great such a good team. How fun. And then you just do yeah. all the branding and everything cuz like from your experience of just knowing how to brand and all your experience, you just know how to market it. How cool how like you can bring everything together. How exciting. Yeah. Maybe are you supposed to go uh, open a store in the UK? Well, I work with another designer called Mira Makati. Okay. And she has a shop in London. 
she has a shop in London. And I mean, it's actually not, I just texted her before our call and said, would you want to do like an event at your shop in London? She's like, yeah, obviously, of course. Okay. So, I mean, it's not even, it's not a, like it's not even a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I should just go there. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. And so you've been in Puerto Vallarta now for seven years, I think you said? Six and a half. Six yeah. and a half. And do mm-hmm. you see yourself like staying there? I think so. Yeah. I have no plans to be anywhere else yeah. until, the G- until the GPS tells me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> have you found your Jewish like boyfriend or husband yet? No. no. <laughs> uh-huh. But you know what? It's so funny because like we were talking about earlier in our conversation about like the areas in my life where I'm still <laughs> holding on too tight. <laughs> That's probably the next area that I need to just literally like leave it and yeah. and go do something else and let the universe do whatever it needs to do. I love it. It's like your eat, pray, love, like <laughs> eat, pray, love <laughs> experience. <laughs> I told my husband before, I think, was it right before COVID? I was like, I need to go on my eat, pray, love experience because I just needed like something grand. And then our our world shut down. And I feel like I got this like smack in the face of like a total awakening of, you know, like having to deal with myself for the, (laughs) I mean, I always have been, but I think I feel like quarantine or like the whole past, like three years have been really good medicine to work if, if that's what you choose to work through your stuff you know everyone kind of was going through different levels of it you know I really took it on so I totally can connect with you on that and love that spiritual aspect and try to find that meeting or meaning or letting go and just finding mm-hmm. that grace and ease you know and I really can connect with the freedom because that's something that I'm really trying to like I don't want to say fine because I feel like I do have a lot of freedoms and and not freedoms in, you know, because people would say, oh, you living in the U.S., I I have a lot of freedoms, you know, but I mean like freedoms from my constraints that I put on myself. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but I love this conversation so much. Thank you so much for your time. You're absolutely beautiful. And I so admire you and you inspire me um, just to go on and do something that like inspires me to follow that intuition, you know? So thank you so much for being so authentic and, um, you know, sharing that stuff. I know we, I know that could be a conversation in itself too. And I know we, I don't want to skip over it because I think that's really admirable that you saw that and knew you needed something different. And I hope this does impact other people that there's another way. So thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable with me. (laughs) (laughs) It was so nice to meet you. And um, I'm sure I hope we talk again in the future. That would be great. Thank you for listening. My hope is that this conversation has inspired you with a new awareness and has uncovered some beauty and wisdom within you. If you have enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share it with a friend and please subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. 
If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for me, please feel free to reach me at stephanie.brownyard at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.